Welcome to this week's Odds and End podcast with Dave Singh and Rob Friesen. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Oh, it's been a busy weekend, even though it was a long weekend, uh, but uh, still haven't got caught up. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> it's it's just so much to do. I need to put myself through one of those uh, duplicator machines, I think. You got one handy? Like the, yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like as the days get longer with more light, actually, it feels like we've gotten less done. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, I actually had uh, people visiting from Ontario. I had uh, relatives in town, I, and then all the other things that I'm trying to get accomplished. So it's it's been busy. Um, well, let's uh, let's get started here and keep it short. We're kind of running late tonight. Um, what do we got? What do you got on your end? Yeah, I mean, we just came off a kind of a nasty week again. The market's been down 11, no, 10 out of 11 weeks. The S and P, and uh, we had a losing week, 5.8 percent down. So it's. I mean, we've kind of. <laughs> are we going to have another down week? Make it uh, eleven out of twelve. So if we have weakness. We're coming out of that. Um, Bitcoin tested below eighteen thousand, but the futures are up today, right? So we have a shortened week coming up here. Um, we're starting off a little positive, a little bounce there, but um, it's kind of a low week. We're not quite towards the end of the month, so there's no seasonality is really uh, approaching yet, but. Um, what do you have in terms of macro? It seems like macro might be a big thing this week, and uh, the war in Ukraine might be. Why don't you run through? Why don't you run through where the futures are now on all the four horsemen plus maybe yeah. volatility? We've got the Dow up 1.45 percent, the S and P up 1.65 percent, and the Nasdaq up 1.74 percent. So the Nasdaq is doing better than the other two. And then the Russell at 1.85%. So that's the best. And we are coming into Russell rebalance, which is the big uh, event for the week coming Friday. Yeah. So that could be a big driver too for what's going on. It is a compressed week, right? So four days. Um, and, and Friday we did have an indication of they, they seem to like the techs more than some of the other groups discretionary they liked um and then the russell was performing pretty well on friday as well the s p didn't have too much of a move as well as the dow so it seemed that that was already kind of in play with the expiration friday and um they seemed to bite onto the tech a little bit more so i would anticipate that you get over the weekend and you don't have any major disasters that have happened or something that you know it would be a little bit more risk on going into tuesday anyway um, but we do have some Fed testimony this week, and, and again, that can always throw into, uh, I think that test, uh, Powell's testifying before Congress, um, I'm not sure what day, I thought it was the tw 21st, but I could be wrong. Um, and oil is strong, I mean, we're up about 2% on oil, and the VIX has pulled back a bit, too. So it's this risk-on undertone coming into the week, for sure. Okay. Um, so let's look at some of the economic reports and just run through the week here. So, uh, obviously, stocks like Disney and Comcast Paramount have all had movies, right? Mm -hmm. um, theater stocks, you know, we, we had, we've still got a big weekend for Top Gun and then uh, Lightyear, Disney's Lightyear. Um, so 
keep that in mind if you're in the entertainment space there and trading some of those types of stocks. Um, and that'll probably spill over. People want to know how things did on uh, on Tuesday right away and get some some numbers out. We have um, we've you know we were talking about Bitcoin earlier and MicroStrategy is is one that's highly leveraged in Bitcoin. So uh, interesting stock, um, obviously to and there are some other stocks that are you know that some of the miners. Um, you know, there's there's a whole group of stocks that are fairly connected to the cryptocurrency world, right? Mm -hmm. And um, just just keep that in mind. Uh, it, it, even if Bitcoin is not being such a leading indicator related to the Nasdaq 100 or the Dow, because there can be some separation now as we're getting a fairly significant um, meltdown in the crypto space, um, that there are still some companies within. The Nasdaq and the S&P that are more related, and and again even the Russell. So just keep that in mind. Um, watch your indicators. We've got a um, couple conferences: electric vehicle mini conference. Uh, we've got the Mars event, Amazon four-day Amazon event um, commence. This is on machine learning, automation, robotics, and space. So Amazon's doing a four-day Mars event. Mm. So that, that could be important for some of those groups. Um, we've got Johnson & Johnson on Tuesday, ESG investor update. We've got CRISPR on Tuesday as well, Innovation Day. Um, Oh, all day on Wednesday, Fed speakers are back on the circuit. FOMC, uh, this is following the FOMC meeting we had last week. And um, there's four or five of them that are speaking. And Powell's going to be delivering semi-annual monetary policy testimony before the Senate Banking Committee. So um, that is Wednesday. So that definitely could be a driver, all of that combined. And then we have um, um, Thursday, we've got Powell testifying against uh, before the House Financial Services Panel. So again, that is some interest rate focus there. Um, we've got uh, a five for one stock split on Thursday for FTNT. That's when it begins trading on a five for one basis. So that has been a bit more of an expensive stock. So that'll drop that one down five for one. Um, there's an emergency meeting on Thursday for, by WHO for monkeypox. There's a bunch of stocks like Emergent Biosolutions and SIGA that uh, benefit from the monkeypox um, vaccine and stuff that they've been developing. They're going to probably rename who might rename monkeypox to something else, I guess. Um, what else we got? There's possible uh, Friday. Talk of, sorry, What's that? The, there's talk of a gas tax holiday possibly, but I don't know if that's going to affect oil much. I mean, it may help people at the pump, but um, oil oil itself yeah. can still be high. <clears throat> we got... Um, Smith and Wesson and BlackBerry report earnings on Friday. Uh, FedEx has a quarterly report as well. 
Um, and then AirT, AirT with Air Freight deriving more than 30% of its revenue from FedEx. So that's kind of an interesting relationship there. Okay, and then on the um, more on the earnings, Lennar's on the 21st, and Lazy Boy, Winnebago, KBH, and Fuller on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday is Accenture, FedEx, Darden, Rite Aid, Smith Wesson Brands, as we mentioned, and BlackBerry, and CarMax, KMX on Friday. And again, Friday's rebalance for Russell. Uh, dividend watch, uh, we've got uh, KR is uh, raised its dividend and Darden's has also raised its dividend. So watch those, Kroger's and, and Darden's. Um, Barron's mentions, sometimes Barron's stuff can move things. So they've mentioned AB, Allen's Alliance Burstine, BlackRock and Invesco, IVZ, and TRO, T-R-O-W. Uh, they've all been mentioned for strong balance sheets and dividends that help through a tougher macroeconomic backdrop. So in the crypto world, Barron's also warning that the crypto winter could turn into crypto hell. <laughs> the DeFi platforms in particular are said to look at risk due to the potential for cascading failures from a high degree of contagion between platforms. There's a lot of things that go on in this world of, of DEXs, uh, decentralized exchanges, um, and special yield farming and liquidity providing and things. There's there's a lot of interconnected parts, and it's always, it's kind of like anything in life. It's you know what is the weakest point of failure or bottleneck, um, and sometimes it can be just um, that the exchanges or the platforms or the you know um, brokers halt withdrawals or you know, have limitations. There's there's all kinds of things that can go on because you got to remember something. This is still largely unregulated. I mean, there might be some regulation by, say, Coinbase just because of responsibilities to, you know, people in general. But, uh -huh. you know, uh, things aren't protected by CIPIC. They're certainly, um, you know, not regulated by FINRA or the SEC to that same degree. So, there's there's still overwatch. People are are looking, and and you know things may happen. No different than that guy that got a uh, uh, massive uh, problem when he was front running NFTs that were going, about to get listed. So, um, you know that falls into some of the things that are criminal activity. You know to to be front running anything really. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't just apply to crypto, but. This whole area is, it all boils down to when interest rates rise and money is harder to come by or more expensive to utilize, there always is ramifications of that historically. And, and generally one of the first things that happens is that riskier assets tend to come under pressure. Now, Somebody may have a great use case for a particular crypto product. They may have a great use case for the metaverse. They might have a great use case for NFTs. That's not what we're arguing. We're just saying that in general, there are more speculative and riskier assets that come under pressure in these type of environments. And that has, that has an historical context. Maybe 50 years ago, crypto wasn't around, but 
it didn't mean that riskier assets didn't also come into problems. And you got to think back at all the meltdowns that we had, you know, whether it was Bernie Madoff or some of the other um, scams that happened, pyramid schemes and things, they, they started to collapse when the punch bowl was taken away and, and interest rates uh, increased, right? When there was when there was problems with liquidations and not being able, people wanted their money back. Because at the end of the day, you know, if if you've got money out there and you see a problem, you kind of want your money back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that and that starts a cascade of things if there's been a kind of a pyramid scheme that's been happening. So, um, so I I expect that I would tend to agree with Barons. You know, crypto hell. Um, I think that's pretty appropriate. Not fun for people that are in it, and doesn't mean that there won't be a lot of development and infrastructure investing and so on. But it kind of similar to what Elon Musk was uh, alluding at, and that was you know when when you get a, a recession or you get a meltdown, um, you know you see who can sustain and and make it through and. And a lot of people won't make it through, right? Uh-huh. And so, in a sense, that that can be good. It's kind of no different than if you're a farmer. You know, there's things that you have to look at related to crops, and if you're, you know, raise animals, culling the herd, all kinds of different things. You know, that go on in life to make things ultimately stronger. Look at your body, for example. If you had cancer in your body, what would be the best thing is if they could remove it, right? Uh-huh. If they could deal with it. Why? To save your body, to protect the rest of you so that you end up living. <laughs> so if, if it's possible to remove a problem, and that's kind of what happens when um, things shake down. And so I think this year is still, you know, there's going to be a lot of other things that arise to 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 keep the shaking going. That's the only thing. It, to me, it's kind of like financial earthquakes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you live in California, so you kind of you hear some rumblings and feel some rumblings once in a while, right? Yeah, but every couple of years you get one that's really rattles you, and that's what this is, right? Yeah, and so this is a financial rattling, and that means that a lot of that there will be some failures and structural you know cracks and systemic problems right because you could have one building kind of fall and lean onto another building that creates a big problem right in an earthquake <laughs> one building tilted over and is leaning against another one <laughs> so so that's the systemic problems that can happen so um so what do you think about um some of the groups that um might be more favorable. I like to approach things from a risk on list and a risk off list, and then deploy in the morning, which is the most suitable list based on the context of how we've arrived at where we are and what's happening pre-market. Because like for Friday, for example, oil was already sliding pre-market, came off a high overnight, and popped up a little bit and then just started to give it back and was sliding all the way to the open. And then it opened and just went straight down. Mm-hmm. And, and so had you been in oil, um, 
you know, it, it, it went down substantially. I mean, even Chevron has only had, on an open to close basis, has only had, um, what was it? Uh, let me let me check here, because that was interesting to me. Yeah, I was short, I think, Chevron on Friday. Yeah, but I mean, it's uh, that move that it had on Friday, it's only had a few events like it. How many here? Let me just check. Um, on RSI. RSI, it had, it's had more, but on percent B, no, on move open to close, I think on move open to close, it only had five events or something, if I can remember correctly. Do you recall? Not the stat on it, no. Um, yeah. So, so that, that means that, you know, it, uh, it doesn't have a lot of samples and Therefore, it's hard to, you know, really gauge the probabilities of it. I would say that based on what I saw for Chevron, it's a little bit tricky. Like even on percent B, it's only had nine events where it's gotten to minus 0.23. So it penetrated the lower Bollinger Band on an open to close basis on that move. It penetrated. It's only been nine times in the last 2000 days. So that kind of puts it, you know, in a... And it says it it should be going down. Now on an RSI level, it had more events because it didn't get to a massively discounted RSI. So it, it's it's had more events and it's likely to pop back up. But on other metrics, it's likely to continue to go down. So something is kind of mixed, mixed messages from Chevron. But I'm just saying like it had a big move on Friday. Mm -hmm. You know, and it normally doesn't have that type of a move. Yeah. It was down 4.56%, open to close. Or that was close to close. Sorry, mm -hmm. close to close, right? Um, yeah. Still, but open to close, it was pretty bad as well. Like in energy, a third of the whole loss for the week happened just on Friday. It yeah. lost 15% for the week, and then most of that was in Friday. So, you know, if you're preparing stuff, you can always stay away from a group that you just has a lot of volatility, has a lot of uncertainty, and there's too many moving parts, you know. Before we were dealing with the lockdown in, in China, and that was kind of hindering oil. Um, and then we have the, the war that was increasing. So it kind of back, it played back and forth a lot between those two macro drivers. And it, it's still not, we're not out of the woods yet with, with oil. It could suddenly have a big update on Tuesday or, or any time this week. Um, if you don't want to play in that group, then then just don't. Don't have any longs or shorts. If you do like the oil group, then trade pairs, trade relationships. You know, Chevron against Conoco or Chevron against Exxon or XLE, the, the, the ETF. You know, um, and there's lots of... Uh, Lots of symbols in the group to play with, both on, you know, the refining side as well as the in drilling side. There's so many different combinations. So just play within the sector, within the industries, and um, and that's a better way to do it if you're not sure and you've got a lot of volatility in the group. But to take a side, to take a direction, is a bigger concern. Not so much maybe with, you know, the industrials or healthcare or, you know, uh, consumer staples. But when you start to get into this consumer discretionary or 
energy and even sometimes financials, you can be really right or really wrong depending on the macro drivers, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, we'll wrap it up. All right, thank good you for your time and um, have yourself a good trading day tomorrow, okay? Thanks, good luck. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye.